What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. My name is Emily. And I'm Paige. And I am a mother of a young teenage boy in La Push, just preying on my son's safety. And I am a young La Push teenager jumping off a motherfucking cliff. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. What's good? What's up? I finally did it, everyone. This is the second week in a row that I have a food story to start the day off. You may have seen it on my Snapchat story, Emily. I don't know if you have or not. But I finally, and we've talked about this before, you and I. I finally, for the first time in my life, bought and tried cotton candy grapes. What are your thoughts? Well, I like cotton candy, so they they straight up taste like cotton candy. Like, I was expecting it to be like, oh, yeah, kind of. No, they taste like freaking cotton candy, man. It's just exciting for me to eat what tastes like candy, but it's actually good for you as a diabetic. Is it? Because my thing is, is like, I don't like cotton candy to begin with, but I've tried those, and I'm like, I can literally taste the chemical additives in this. <laughs> Wait, are they not good for you? I mean, how do they get them to taste like that? Like genes, you know? Like, they alter genes. Like, they're genetically modified, I'm sure. Wouldn't that mean that they are more sugary or no? It's possible, but I think it also, like, flavors are controlled by, like, genetic makeup. But isn't flavor ultimately just sugar? You know, I don't know why I'm speaking so confidently. I don't fucking know. Me neither. Somebody read us a book report on cotton candy flavored grapes. I will say this, though. The sugar in fruits, while it is fructose, which is then later glucose, you are ingesting a lot of fiber as well. So you're having like a natural intake of glucose that isn't like, like if you drink like a sugary soda or eat candy, that's just straight, straight sugar. And it hits your body immediately and you have an immediate like insulin reaction to it. Whereas if you eat a piece of fruit, it's a slower digestive breakdown. So you are getting that glucose the same amount, but at a slower digestive rate so you don't get it all in one hit you know yeah that makes sense i hate those granola ass bitches but i hate to say it some fruit does taste like candy and it is delicious for example kiwi kiwi man kiwi rocks i'm also a huge fan of peaches me too Oof. palisade peaches baby Palisade. I'm sorry, non-Colorado people, but you are missing out on a Palisade peach. I sometimes when I and I've talked about this before, I don't know if it's been on the pod or just with you, but sometimes when I eat fruit, I feel like a Neanderthal. Like I feel archaic. Like I've just gathered this from the land and I'm eating it after an arduous day. And it's just like the fruit juice is dripping down my face. And I'm like, yeah, I deserve this. I'm eating, I'm eating from the earth. I'm getting that natural frugivore diet, you know, that us primates love. I just, it makes me feel really ancient. <laughs> I think that is the whole driving force behind farmers markets is people just want to feel that way. Although I will say, if we have any listeners in Georgia, they're like, fucking Colorado fucking peaches. And you know what? Fair. 
I've never had a Georgia peach. I, I'm not knocking them. I'd love to try them. Can you can you mail those? Anybody? Anybody? Put them in a manila envelope. Send them our way. <laughs> they won't get smashed at all. <laughs> a padded manila envelope. I'm pretty sure there is literally an expression called I bruise like a peach. I think it would be a devastating endeavor. Yeah. What a good story to tell. This week we read a pretty short chapter called Repetition. Um, it was chapter seven of New Moon. What did you think of this chapter, Paige? Um, there's definitely some interesting, more more Bella just kind of surprising me. I get, like, as we mentioned earlier with the cliff jumping, Bella is so on board with it. And I'm like, what? It's just so uncharacteristic of her. But I guess I just wasn't anticipating Jacob... I mean, we kind of knew that he doesn't really know a lot about, I guess, the supernatural side of I'm the Quileutes, I'm guessing, from this chapter. But not only does he does not know, he also, like, kind of is really against it. Like, I was getting a lot of animosity from Jacob in this and a lot of just uncomfortable feelings from him. And I just wasn't anticipating that, I guess. So that was kind of a surprising point to it. Yeah. Once we get into the Quilly lore, well, Stephanie's made up Quilly lore a little bit more. We should probably just do a, an episode just on that and like not even read a chapter for it. Well, I'll send you some links. But yeah, we're just we're starting to scratch the surface. I guess we'll jump in. Yeah. Can I can I interject something too? I yeah. think if we do that too, we should also revisit actual Quileute lore and kind of maybe just explore a little bit more how Stephanie took it and sprinted with it in a completely incorrect direction and just how it's been manipulated in the wrong way, I guess. Yes, that is totally what I meant. Um, there's that project by the Burke Museum. I think it's it's like something fact versus fiction or something. Let me look it up really quick. But they talk about like the actual Quileute legends and then how um, Stephanie Meyer basically like messed them up. You had sent me a couple. Well, you had sent me a few links and then you said that there are some that I just can't look at yet because... I don't know enough. So I'm sure there's definitely material out there that I it would benefit me looking at, you know, once I know. Yes, I just found it. It's called Truth versus Twilight, and it literally says in the description, Truth versus Twilight is a collaboration between the Burke Museum and the Quileute tribe. So we'll probably just talk about their stuff. All right. So the chapter begins in Medea Res, as they say in the biz. Bella is driving to the Cullen's house because she thinks that she will hear Edward's voice again. I don't really get the logic behind that. I don't, I don't get the logic behind it, but was this part not the equivalent of getting drunk one night and looking up all of your ex's social media accounts and seeing what they're up to like I feel like the fact that she's going out of her way to do this is doing nothing but harm to her 
girl, don't do this to yourself. Do not. You do not need to relive the memories. The last time you were here was like the worst possible thing. So there's just there's just nothing but badness that comes from this. I also get the temptation. I've lurked. We've all lurked. Yep, definitely. I can't say that I'm not. I haven't fallen victim. <laughs> also, I do want to say, like, she talks about how it's creepy. And it is creepy. Like, the grass is like, what does she say? It's like, um, waist high. Ooh, creepy. Um, and then, so she gets there and she doesn't hear Edward's voice at all. So she decides... Or she's just kind of staying there contemplating, and she's like, I don't want to look in the window. She's like, I don't know if it would be worse if all their stuff was gone and it was just empty, like, like no trace of them, or if all their stuff was still there. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, this is rich people privilege. I bet all their shit's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they have, I'm assuming millions of dollars in the bank they can buy another piano they can buy another eight thousand outfits for alice you know they have the ability to do that right and i feel like they would leave this in order to come back to it in 70 years or whatever mm-hmm. yeah so realizing all of this bella turns and runs back to her truck and she says and i quote page 162 I felt hideously empty, and I wanted to see Jacob. Maybe I was developing a new kind of sickness, another addiction, like the numbness before. I didn't care. I pushed my truck as fast as it would go as I barreled toward my fix. Maybe? Sis, you gotta stop getting addicted to boys. You gotta get addicted to yourself in a good way. Or to something like popcorn. You know, like... Or trying every flavor of Talenti ice cream. I did have that addiction one summer. And it was bad, but not the worst thing you could be addicted to. Is this... I did have a little confusion as to why this chapter was called Repetition. Do you think it has something to do with this? That she's kind of, like, getting sucked into another boy? Honestly, yeah. Because I don't know what else it could be referring to. Maybe it's how she is saying, like... Nothing's really changed. Like, Mike's still hitting on her. She has that one line that's like, it's all an empty echo of what it was before. Yeah, for me, the, the like, the pinnacle of this chapter was when she's with Jacob and they're driving to finally test out the motorcycles. And he has that whole conversation about Stanley and you see the cliff diving. Like, that it's, was my... What? Who the f- is Stanley? Okay, I know it's Sam, but I was thinking Utley too, and my brain just combined <laughs> Sam and Yuli, and it created Stanley. You said Utley, and it's not even that. There's no T. Okay, not not even to to di- to digress this even more, or regress this. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but the other day at Chipotle, I'm sorry. I have to say this person's full name because it's relevant, but someone ordered and their name was Sandy Utley. And I was like, I did a double take. I was like, wait, isn't that a character in Twilight? And then I saw it and I was like, no, 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 no. It's close, but not. And so Utley is in my head from that. I know it's Utley because there's no T, 
but that's why I said Yuli. But anyways, my brain just combined Yuli and Sam, and it just created... Actually, my brain combined Sam and Yuli, and it created Stanley. Anyways, the whole point of this is for me to say... The whole point of this chapter, for me, that I got out of it, was the conversation about Sam and his gang, and, you know, they saw them cliff diving, and just Jacob's interpretation of them all, and all of that, so... I didn't really get how repetition tied into that because that's what my brain was focusing on. I didn't really get it either. But understandable about the Utley thing. I did think it was funny. When you said that, I was just picturing Stanley Yelnats the fourth. It's <laughs> like, what a great movie. Holes is honestly good movie, good book, all around excellent content. Great about great for teaching our children about the prison industrial complex. Yeah, and that eating onions is okay. <laughs> Even if it's whole. <laughs> Disgusting. Okay, so yeah. Back to where we were in the plot. Bella drives to see Jacob, and they are out in the garage, or they go out to the garage, and Bella sees that the red bike is standing up, so he's like gotten it to that point at least. And then Jacob has this moment where he's like, if I had any brains, I'd drag out fixing these bikes a little a little bit. And basically what he's trying to imply is like a fair doubt in his mind, which is that Bella is only hanging out with him because he's fixing these bikes. And once he fixes them for her, she's going to disappear off into the sunset again. But at least Bella like reassures him and she says, like, you know, if you couldn't fix these, like we would still hang out. Um as long as you let me come over, I'll be here. And then he brings up Quill, hoping to see him again. And then they just kind of make plans to start doing homework twice a week, which I'm like, only twice a week? I have to do homework every day. Yeah, I'm like, you get homework assignments literally every night, or every day that you have to do at night. Like, math class, I had a homework assignment every single night. What do you mean every, like, every two days? Maybe they're on the block schedule, but even then. Yeah, even then it's not enough. I'm sorry. It's just not for a high school regiment. You know, like I'm in three classes right now and I do homework like like I sit down and I do work like once a week, but I get all of it done on one day and then I do my reading like throughout the week. But I'm only taking three classes. High school, you take like seven classes. Yeah. Ugh. I'm just picturing my high school planner and how, like, dilapidated that thing was from all the abuse it took. I, I'm just the kind of person with a planner that I'm totally into it for, like, the first two weeks, and then it's blank for the rest of the year. Yeah. That's okay, though. The thing, though, is that I can remember what I have to do. That's good. My dumplings! <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> Anyways, so after Bella leaves, she goes home and finds that Charlie has ordered a pizza because he didn't want to, you know, wait for her to cook dinner. And he's like, you cook too much anyways, which true. Um, and then she emails her mom back. Then the next day she goes to school and Angela and Mike are very welcoming to her and Jessica's not. And also it says 
Bella says, Jess was more resistant. I was wonder I wondered if she needed a formal written apology for the Port Angeles incident. And I'm like, maybe. Or maybe she just wants an apology where it's clear you actually mean it. Yeah, I feel like the whole Port Angeles incident wasn't sincere in a way. Like Jessica knew it wasn't sincere and she believed in her heart that maybe this would be the first step to reconciling things, but then it was made very obvious that it wasn't. So to her, it was not sincere at all. Like what was the point of it in any way? So I think Jessica is fully, I think, I think Bella making that statement is extremely harsh because I think Jessica does need something like that. She definitely needs something sincere that says, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I really screwed up and I put your safety on the line. I put my safety on the line. Like, you know, something sincere would be nice. Yeah. And not to just like, not just the night of, like, like the next day would have been great. Have you seen those things? I think it's like a, a K-pop something. I don't, I'm not a K-pop person, but it's like a meme where it's the, I think it's a K-pop singer, but he's like pointing out a whiteboard and it says, um, the best time to delete this would have been right after you posted it. The second best time is now. <laughs> yes, yes, I've seen that as reactions to, like, people really fuck it up. It's very funny. Yes, that's kind of how I feel about this. Like, the best time would be now, Bella, but she's probably never going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Bella goes to work, and her and Mike are talking the whole time. And she says, I found that I was able to smile and laugh with him, though it wasn't as effortless as it was with Jacob. It seemed harmless enough until quitting time. Can we talk about Mike's game? Like, it's bad, bro. <laughs> the fact that he's like, okay, actually, let's act this out. You be Bella. I'll be Mike. Oh, I have to start. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> this was fun tonight. Yeah. It's too bad that you had to leave the movie early last week. I'm just a limp, I guess. What I mean is, you should go to a better movie, something you'd enjoy. Oh. Like maybe this Friday, with me. We could go see something that isn't scary at all. What? <laughs> the jump that he just made was across the Grand Canyon. I just don't... Like, for me. For me. If I gathered all of my courage and I asked someone to a dance, which I have done. This is actually something that's happened. I've asked someone to a dance, and they said no. I would never talk to that person ever again for the rest of my life, which is another thing that happened. I just don't understand where the audacity comes from. Bella has expressed pretty, pretty forwardly, I would say, that she is not interested, and that maybe try someone else have try Jessica I think she's interested in you this and that Mike just can't handle it he can't handle the no he's just gonna keep trying until he gets a yes which I don't agree with but all right I mean at this point you kind of have to admire the tenacity I admire it I just can't relate same same I'm the same way like if that happened to me I would not I'd probably move schools (laughs) just kidding yeah, I would I would be less admirable about the whole thing if Bella was like extremely uncomfortable or she seemed like she really hated this. 
but in all actuality it just seems like Bella is just like again can we not like I'm just sick of this Mike please yes that is exactly what happens um she just straight up is like like a date and then he says if you want but it doesn't have to be like that and she says I don't date and then he says just as friends so she tells him she'll go with him next week because she has plans with Jacob on Friday so the next day is Friday I think right or maybe not I don't fucking know oh no who cares it doesn't matter what day it is um it was supposed to be homework the next day but Bella literally comes out and says, the smell of the lasagna I'd spent the afternoon making. I'm like, this is your homework day. Don't you got to do homework? It's stressing me out. It is stressing me out. I will say, however, making lasagna with your loved one is very fun. Now, if you have other shit you have to be doing, not as fun. Because it takes like an hour and a half for me to prep my lasagna before I make it. I don't know where I'm going with this. All I'm saying is, is that making lasagna with someone that you have a crush on or that you're dating or married to, that could be really fun. Making lasagna when you're supposed to be doing homework, again, could be fun, but stressful. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be talking shit because she goes on to say that on Friday they finished all their homework and they're watching TV. Um, and then Bella, I don't really get why he, she has to drive him home. I didn't really get that part but she drives him home and um she's assuming that tomorrow they're going to work on the motorcycles and he says I'll call you first he's kind of acting weird the next day she's cleaning the house and Jacob calls her and he says I believe that we have a date and she realizes that he means that the motorcycles are done and so not thinking this motherfucker goes Jacob, you are absolutely, without a doubt, the most talented and wonderful person I know. You get 10 years for this one. Okay, fine. But if you know someone has a giant crush on you, maybe don't be saying these things. It's not like this is a secret. Bella knew that he had feelings for her literally in Twilight. In the book Twilight, she knew it. And, yeah, if I knew someone had a crush on me, I would and I didn't have feelings for them, I would, I feel like my words would be very succinct. I would not, they wouldn't be flowery at all. It would just be information or facts and that's it. You know, like saying this, this sentence to someone who very obviously has a crush on you, is just, it's deceiving. It's just not like she could have, she could have given a different compliment that she would have been like, Jacob, I'm so thankful that you helped me with these bikes. You really did me a solid, and I'm really grateful for the help you've given me. You're really great at you're a really great mechanic. Thank you for the help you've given me. I'm really appreciative of that. Also, a very kind thing to say without it being misconstrued as being romantic. Yes. And we will circle back to this topic in a bit because something further happens along those lines. But first, when she gets to Jacob's house, he has tied ribbon around the motorcycles, which I think is cute. Um, and then he puts them into her truck and he says that he knows a place. So they start driving. And as they're driving, Bella sees these people out on the ledge. They're driving along the um, the Pacific Ocean. And so there's all these like kind of like craggy, I love that word, <laughs> um, rocks and cliffs and stuff. And she sees four people standing on one and she's like 
it's kind of weird. And then as she's watching, one jumps off and she's freaked out. She thinks he was like, you know, trying to hurt himself. And so she like slams on the brakes, gets out of the car and is like, we have to call an ambulance. And that's when Jacob's like, people do this for fun here. Have you ever done this? Because there's a place in Colorado where you can do it. I've never been. I was going to ask you if you had done it. I actually, is it um, Paradise Cove? Is that what it's called? Cove or Canyon or something like that. I did go, um, I think it was summer of junior year, maybe, with like our group of friends. Um, And it would have been super cool if it wasn't so busy because the area was so small and there were so many people there. But it was super cool. I only actually cliff dove a singular time because there were a couple different levels that you could jump from. And I did the lowest level because I had never gone. And like if someone were to get hurt there, it was like literally like a 45 minute hike to get to that point. But it was it was fun. I will say that when I hit the water, my swimsuit top went over my boobs and I emerged from the water and I'm pretty sure one of my boobs was exposed. And I think may have seen it. <laughs> of all the people. Tell <laughs> me his name, but that's so funny. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, I've never been. Would you do it again if given the choice? I think I would. I would want to I would want to see people do it. That's what gave me confidence was that I had seen so many people do it. And I was like, no one's gotten hurt yet. And I know like, I know what's going to happen when I hit the water. I would do it again. I just want to see people do it before I do it. Right. That's reasonable. I feel like I would do it if I could drive right up to the spot and not hike for 45 minutes. Cause that's a big no, no for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Bella gets crazy. She's like, we have to do that right now. Can we go right now? And Jacob's like, you know, you're kind of fucking crazy sometimes. Um, do you mean she's a little, uh, loca sometimes? I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Anyways. (laughs) That was harsh. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just hate puns, but it was a good one. It was a good one. I'm sure the, the listeners loved it. It wasn't even a pun. It was just, it was just an insightful comment from movie quotes. It was like wordplay. That's what I don't like, I think. You don't like it when I'm the funny one. (laughs) (laughs) But we just got into a fight, right? (laughs) I'm quitting the podcast. I, that's not true because you're always the funny one. So I'm just like, I'm fighting for dear life here. <laughs> if I can't be the center of attention, then what's this all for? True. True. Um, Listeners, if you heard me echoing a lot in the first part of this episode, sorry. Paige and I had to just hang up and try that again. So hopefully it'll be better in this, this part. Um, My internet hates me sometimes. I don't even know what the internet is, honestly. Like, is it electricity in the air? I don't know. Is it in the ground? I feel like we've had this conversation before. We have. (laughs) Still don't know. Still ignorant. Okay, back to what I was saying. Jacob backs her up, backs Bella up from this this impulse that she has to be like, can we at least wait for a nice day because it's, like, cold out? And she agrees. So then she asks, who were those guys? And he starts talking about the quote-unquote LaPush gang. And it's clear from the jump that he does not care for these people. 
Um, and Sam Uli is the leader, and Bella's kind of surprised by that because, you know, she remembers that he was the one who found her in the woods. And um, Jacob is kind of just dismissive of, like, what he refers to as tribe pride, which I find a little bit sad that he's, like, so anti this idea. What did you think of that? I 100% thought that. I honestly, I kind of took it as a thumbs down to Stephanie Meyer because it kind of was unsurprising that her main Quill U character she would write as not having any kind of appreciate. I mean, maybe Jacob does have appreciation for his culture, but he he has not expressed it that way in Twilight the first time that we're introduced to him, he kind of talks down on the legends and like what his father thinks. And he's very embarrassed about the whole thing. And in other parts of Twilight where he shows up, he's just really embarrassed about his dad and just what his dad believes. And here we are again, seeing that he's just, he's kind of disgusted by it and embarrassed in a way. And I don't know. I, I just, I think it's kind of disappointing to write a character with such a rich culture kind of disliking that culture for something, for something that you know nothing about writing that the character doesn't like it and not wanting to explore it, I think is very telling of the author. Yeah. The word I was going to use is also disappointing. Um, because I think there was a way for, for her to achieve like Jacob being afraid of them without it being like, him being against his own culture, you know? Yeah. The The vibe that I was getting the whole time was that he was embarrassed about it, and that just bummed me out. Yeah, me too. So Jacob tells a story about how one time with Quill and Embry, one of the other guys in the gang kind of tried to go fight Quill because Quill said something, um, you know, to him that was kind of rude. This guy's name was Paul. And... Jacob says, Quill said something, you know, how he's got a big mouth and it pissed Paul off. His eyes got all dark and he sort of smiled. No, he showed his teeth, but he didn't smile. And it was like he was so mad he was shaking or something. But Sam put his hand against Paul's chest and shook his head. So clearly this is like a werewolf thing. But to be fair, it would be frightening if you didn't know that those existed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I if if a man walked up to me and he just was clenching his teeth and was shaking in anger, I would be petrified. <laughs> me too. And there is a little bit of, um, you know, I feel like Jacob is justified in this thing that he's mad about. Um, you know, apparently he says that when his older sister turned down a partial scholarship to college and decided to get married instead, the council was upset. But Sam Uli is supposed to be in college and he didn't go to college. He just like stayed in the push and they don't seem to be upset about that. And it's clear that she wants to know more, but he kind of just cuts off the conversation. He's like, you missed the turn. So they go back to it and they get the bikes out. And before they can start doing anything, she's like, what's what's really bothering you? And then that's when Jacob gets into how Sam specifically treats him. He says that it seems like Sam is waiting, quote unquote, waiting for him. And like he looks at him funny. And then he goes into how Embry didn't like them either. He felt the same way about them that Jacob did. 
and then he started he missed a bunch of school and then he, when he came back he wouldn't talk to Jacob or, and Quill at all and he's been hanging out with Sam and he was there on the cliff with them this like this was very surprising to me because we just met Embry literally last chapter so this just happened like it's unsurprising that Jacob's anger is so visceral because this is a very fresh thing that's happened. And he already had these uncomfortable feelings towards this LaPush gang. And now they've taken one of his best friends. Like, yeah, this, this would cause a, an obvious reaction from someone. So I'm not surprised that Jacob is acting this way. Yeah. Yeah. If you take out all of the grossness about Stephanie Meyer making him embarrassed of his own culture, like just from the outside without all that stuff, it would be very frightening to have this group of people that your friend really disliked. And now all of a sudden he's not talking to you and he's hanging out with them. It would seem very suspicious. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there's there's an a layer of secretness that's going on in this whole community. So that would just be like so much more eerie and suspicious and to have not even your dad kind of explain something to you just kind of be in the dark about everything it would just be super creepy yes it would and yeah Bella says like you know have you talked to Billy about this and he says that Billy kind of just blew him off and said like oh you'll understand when you're older um and like wouldn't tell him anything and that's obviously really frustrating to him. And Bella's getting really affected by it, too. You know, she's, like, afraid for him and worried for him. And she tells him that he can come and stay with her and Charlie if he needs to. Um, and then she gives him a big hug. And then this is what I was referring to earlier. When it's kind of circling back to this this whole thing where Bella's kind of leading him on a little bit. And she calls herself out for it. And she does, still doesn't do anything about it. So I'm on page... Um, 178. He was frozen for a second, and then his long arms wrapped hesitantly around me. Thanks, Bella. His voice was huskier than usual. We stood like that for a moment, and it didn't upset me. In fact, I felt comforted by the contact. This didn't feel like anything like the last time someone had embraced me this way. This was friendship, and Jacob was very warm. It was strange for me being this close, emotionally rather than physically, though the physical was strange for me, too, to another human being. It wasn't my usual style. I didn't normally relate to people so easily on such a basic level. Not human beings. Okay, obvious. Continuing. If this is how you're going to react, I'll freak out more often. Jacob's voice was light, normal again, and his laughter rumbled against my ear. His fingers touched my hair. <clears throat> Sorry. Soft and tentative. Well, it was friendship for me. And she does pull away, but I'm like... she do To her credit, I should say. To her credit, she pulls away. She reminds him that she's older than her. Or, or she's older than him. But I'm like, that's not, clearly that's not a compelling argument to him. Because he argues it with you every time that you bring it up. Like, if you really wanted to make the point clear, you'd be like, ah, you're such a good friend. You know? Yeah. I mean, she says that explicitly in her own mind. But I'm good. I've, I've made this point already in this, in this recording. If someone I knew had a major crush on me, I would not go out of my way to make physical contact with them if I if I didn't reciprocate the feelings. I would not hug them unless it was a very if I it was very obvious like oh like good job you finished the race or like I don't know just something that might constitute a hug and it was very obvious that there's no 
romantic feelings about it. Like the on page 178, she's like, oh, Jake, it'll be okay. If it gets worse, you can come live with me and Charlie. Don't be scared. We'll think of something. And then she hugs him. And I don't know if my crush said, you can come live with me. That would give me weird, not weird, but it would give me alternate vibes like I'd be like oh maybe she does have a crush on me I if if it's a person who doesn't have a crush on me they wouldn't offer for me to stay at their house I don't know like the only people that offer for someone to stay at their house is like BFFs like you're gonna sleep over at your best friend's house like totally like yeah well yeah Emily can stay over we're BFFs or a crush like it's not you don't just have like like someone who has romantic feelings stay over at your house. Like it's just very conflicting messages here. And I just, I feel bad for Jacob. I do too. I think she's trying in this chapter a little bit more than she has been, but I would just like her to try a little harder. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I get that she's trying, but she's also doing things that I think are sending unclear messages to him. And it's not helping the situation. I agree. I fully agree. So um, Jacob makes a joke about Bella being albino. And then he says, I've never seen anyone paler than you. Well, except for, and then he doesn't finish his sentence because it's clear he was going to say the colons. So the last little section of the chapter is Jacob says, so are we going to ride or what? Let's do it, I agreed, more enthusiastic than I would have been half a minute ago. His unfinished sentence reminded me of why I was here. Do you have anything we didn't cover? I bet you didn't. One, bad ending. Hate it, personally. Uh, Two, totally, this is just a joke thing, but them comparing their skin tones together since Bella is so pale, I definitely have the, I've lived that life so many times because I am very pale in complexion and people love to just compare how pale I am to them. So I, that's really, that is realistic. Good job, Stephanie. You nailed that one. Other than that, no, we, we covered everything. Um, yeah, I have been that, I have lived that life as recently as last week. I was wearing one of Boyfriend of the Pod's J- Jacob shirt and I cannot speak English today, but you guys knew what I meant. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think there's like a white spot on it. I was like, oh, did I get toothpaste on this? And so I like look at the white spot and it turns out it was just a hole and the white spot was my skin that I thought was toothpaste. <laughs> I am trying not to laugh so <laughs> You can laugh, it's okay. <laughs> that is an excellent story, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Thank you. Next week, we're going to read two chapters. The first one's called Adrenaline. And the second one is called Third Wheel. What do we got? Adrenaline, we got to do the, the motorcycles. It's 100% going to be that. There could also be maybe a little bit of maybe Bella gives in to these romantic feelings. Maybe Maybe something romantic happens and there is that adrenaline. But I think it's going to be a motorcycle-themed chapter for sure because... I mean, what what would cause some adrenaline more than riding some motorcycles when you're Bella Swan? Uh, third wheel could be, you know what? Maybe it's Billy. Maybe it's one of one of Jacob's friends. I think it's just gonna be Jacob, Bella, totally vibing, and then an unknown third party comes in and ruins the day. 
Okay. I look forward to finding out what happens. I know what happens, but I look forward to your reaction to, to finding out what happens. Um, short and sweet, peeps. Um, Paige, it's your week to do the socials. Okay. So, you can email us at Tuesdays are for twilight at gmail.com. We love reading your emails because they're always very thoughtful and have lovely messages and jokes and whatnot. So please send us emails. We're always looking forward to that. Um, you can reach us on Instagram, Instagram and at Tumblr at Tuesdays are for twilight. Again, great places to send memes, either gift form or image form. We love both. You can uh, message us or tweet us at Twitter at Taft Pod. Again, really great place for memes. We are loving the memes. Uh, friend of the pod, Jem sent us some really great stuff. I made Emily take me take a screenshot for me of Azmer spelled A Z Z M E R. Really love that. So thank you, Jem. And then, um, if you're so inclined, you can donate to our Patreon. That's Patreon.com/slash Tuesdays Are for Twilight. And as always, we really recommend you support the Quileutes movements to save their cultural land. You can help support them at www.mthg.org. You do it so much better than me. I'm going to make you do it every time. (laughs) Did you just hear Tina sneeze? No, that's so funny. Dang it. I missed it. Well, folks, I got some dumplings to eat. What do you think, Paige? What do you got? Life is too short to let your thoughts just be thoughts. Make them actions. Make your actions soar high over the mountains. Make your actions move boulders. (laughs) Okay, I'll see you next week, everybody. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Bye.